Welcome once again to another edition of the Hyperion Adventures podcast. I'm Tom. I'm here as always with my wonderful wife, Michelle. Hello, everybody. We're so happy you joined us again for another week. We appreciate it. However you found us today, whether it was on SoundCloud or Stitcher or whether it was on iTunes or Google Play, where you could subscribe to us if you kind of just stumbled across us. If you subscribe to us on either of those, we'll come right to your device, right to your phone. You won't even have to look for us. So we really appreciate however you found us. And we'd like to give a shout out to Robert, who sent us a note on Facebook, said, you guys have hit your stride faster than any other podcast I listened to. And he loved the last episode. So thank you, Robert, very much for that. That was awesome. We appreciate it. He did also want to point out, however, that we may have glossed over a little bit in our discussion of magic bands from last week's episode. Uh, We talked about how they can be used to make all your purchases while you're at the Walt Disney World Resort. But he pointed out that we failed to mention that uh, the information isn't in Exactly, actually stored on the Magic Band. It's actually linked to your My Disney Experience account. And yes, we did kind of gloss over that, but we want to be sure you know that it's more secure that way. So thank you, Robert, for pointing that out. We want to make sure that uh, everybody understands the process when they go to Walt Disney World and about Magic Bands because they are really wonderful things. Right. That's a great point. And if ever anything that we said leads to more questions, feel free to send us those. Um, and we'd love to respond to those. And again, we really appreciate the feedback constructive criticism is our friend. Absolutely. I mean, we tend to get carried away in some of the things we're talking about here. We may gloss over something that's very important out there. So thank you, Robert, for pointing that out. If you want to contact us, you can find us on Twitter, at Hyperion Podcast. You can find us where Robert found us, on Facebook and also on Instagram, at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. You can email us at HyperionAdventuresPodcast at gmail.com. And we also have a website. We're on the web at HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. So thanks again, Robert. Thanks to everybody out there who's listening to us. And by the way, thinking about doing something along the lines of, for those of you who have been with us from the beginning, who are starting out with us, we're trying to you know grow this podcast. Uh, maybe for those of us you who are with us for the last first two, maybe three months, I'm thinking about starting like kind of an OG, original, you know, listener type grouping that maybe we come up with something special for you, whether it be uh, a mug or a hat or a t-shirt or maybe just some meetups or something, something for those of you out there who have joined us from the beginning and really helped us launch this podcast. So if that, if you're one of those people, please contact us. We also want to know where you're listening to us. I know we've, we've checked out on some of the things and there's people listening to us in the United Kingdom, in Mexico uh, and all over the United States. We really want to hear from you and where you're coming from. Right, right. And that's a very cool announcement. I have to say, you did tell me you had something to announce today that I wasn't aware of. So that's very cool and exciting. And yes, we look forward to doing that. And again, we really do appreciate um, everybody from all over. I know on Twitter, we have some fans and, and I have some fans from France and hooray soccer world champion. That's right. Congratulations (laughs) to France today. They beat Croatia four to two in the World Cup. It was a really fun match. And I know we've been to Disneyland Paris a couple times and Paris in general a couple times. And so we were kind of rooting for France to to pull it out today and they did handily. So congratulations to the blue blanc the blue blanc and rouge for coming through for that victory today. Excellent. Yeah. So onward, as we go on, we're talking about Disneyland Paris. Well, coming up soon is the the uh, Disneyland Paris Magic Run Weekend. That's just coming up here in September on the, uh, the 20th through the 23rd. But also coming up here is the registration is opening up this week for the Walt Disney World Marathon Weekend. It opens up, I believe it's on Tuesday of this week. Uh, if If you're already signed up for the Wine and Dine Half Marathon Weekend, well, training for that should have started last week. So that leads us into what our main topic is going to be today. And that's going to be getting you set to be ready for these races that are coming up, whether it's these two races or these three, we're counting the Paris Weekend, whether it's the Disney Princess Half Marathon Weekend, whether it's the Star Wars Rival Run Weekend. We're here. We are big fans of Run Disney. We've run a lot of races. We've gone from barely being able to do a 5K to running a half marathon just this last spring uh, out of the Walt Disney World Resort. And so we're here to kind of tell you what worked for us to kind of get you is see if this will work for you to get you involved and get you ready for your next race. Right. Now, 
at a, one of our earliest, maybe our first, <laughs> <It> was our first <laughs> podcast. We did a little teaser then about our very first run Disney event and some something unusual that happened there. So we we did mention that we were going to bring it up at a later bro- po- podcast, and so now this is it. This we're is it. We're going to huh? do the big reveal. This is where we're going to completely embarrass ourselves. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Perfect. So that way, it, you know, part of this is to let you know that um, you know. It's all about the fun. That's right. It's all about the fun, and it's all about the stories. And we have a story here for you. Our very first run Disney race that we ever uh, ran was in November of, I believe it was 2015. And that was the uh, Avengers 5K. I think it was actually the Thor 5K is what it was, but it was the Avengers Half Marathon Weekend. Uh, We, Even though that was our first run Disney race, we had done a, a couple races before that. Um, not that we're not Disney related. And a lot of those, you know, the start time is like 8, 7.30, maybe at earliest it's like 7. So we got the information for this race and I'm like, okay, the start time is 6.30. Well, those of you who know Run Disney out there know that 6.30 is not the start time. There's never that start time, okay? But we had never done one of these before, so we just assumed, well, that's pretty early. But okay, you know, I get it. They got to get the park open. So we're running out the door. We're at our hotel. This is at Disneyland, the Disneyland Resort. We're at a hotel nearby. Uh, you know, and we're leaving there at like 5.45 or something like that. Figuring, oh, we'll get there in plenty of time. I remember thinking that, why are you making me go so much <laughs> earlier? <laughs> Good thing you did. That's right. And so we're heading out the door and we're walking along. And we're like, no, there's not many people out here. We're expecting to see a lot of people. But there's our first Disney race. We're like, oh, you know, maybe they're behind us. You know, maybe they're already there. I don't know. We get out there. We get through security. We get we get over the bridge. If you know where the uh, downtown Disney uh, area is in the Disneyland Resort. There's a bridge right over there that passes right over. I believe it's Disneyland Road. There. Right. Um, and that's where usually the start lines are. We look, and they're already starting races out there. We're like, oh my goodness, what is going on? Well, of course, the start time was 5:30. I had not looked at the information. It was all my fault. We were running late, <laughs> so we're running to the other security, getting out there. We get up with some people that are. Uh, volunteering or helping some of the officials with the race they're like they see we're coming they see us running and they're like oh my goodness we don't know if we can get you in there but they jumped us into a golf cart right raced us up (laughs) to the that's right raised us up to the line they're like this is only as far as we can go we ran up we were in the very last of the corrals, the very, very last, last people, people running to show up for that race, <laughs> just barely made it in time before the start. And from then on, we've been nothing but early for any other race, but we had a great time. It never stopped us from coming back. It's just a funny story. Right. To tell. It, it was funny. And I mean, at the time it was, oh my gosh, if we can't get into it, how depressing. Yeah. Um, Cause we had gotten up there the day before, gotten our bibs, et cetera. But um, you know, it, again, it was a, a fun story to recall having started our run Disney adventures in a very, um, let's say high powered yeah. way. <laughs> we were really warmed up and we're going to talk about getting warmed up here in our, our, uh, training tips leading into this. But, uh, we were really warmed up by the time we got to right. that start line. And thank goodness so many people run in these races, because if it had been like your normal average race somewhere that you may see in your neighborhood, uh, then we would have, they probably would have finished by the time we actually started that race. So right. thank goodness for all those people out there. And thank goodness for, uh, the volunteers and the other run Disney officials that helped get us up there and get us to the start line and like i said we've never been late since right <laughs> so that leads us on to after that embarrassing story <laughs> you have obviously will want to listen to us on how our running tips are you know, seriously <laughs> uh we've gone through we've run i've run 5ks 10ks and now we've run a half marathon michelle has run a 5k skipped right o- after running several 5ks has skipped right over that 10k and ran a half marathon for the first time uh at the uh, star wars dark side half marathon just this last april so we've gone through these things. We know kind of what works for us to train for these. And we're hoping maybe some of this might give you some tips on what might work for you. But we need to start off by saying, look, we're not doctors. We're not certified trainers. Although Michelle is in the medical industry and is a registered nurse, she is in management now and doesn't actually <laughs> attend to patients. So 
Don't take do all of your medical <laughs> tips. If you're concerned at all, if you're just starting out, you should probably contact your doctor, contact a certified trainer to make sure that what's right for you, if this is right for you. But we're just going to tell you what has worked for us. Uh, and also, Run Disney, their website has some great training plans to get you ready for the race, including calendars on how you can uh, get ready for each specific race. Um, they, they do a really good job of that. And some of what we're going to talk about today is kind of based off of that. We Some of what we did, we kind of taken what we saw from other things, uh, what we saw from Run Disney, and kind of adapted it to our training process. Right. And, you know, one of the nice things about running in a Run Disney race um, that is also helpful is that you do get some information, uh, whether you're going to um, the area where you're picking up your bibs. They have a lot of vendors mm -hmm. there and a lot of people with information. Um, you, you generally get a free running magazine, and that also has some great uh, advice for, you know, improving your running styles or improving your, your endurance, et cetera. So um, there's a lot of information out there, and, we're again, we're not trying to say we're, we're um, the experts on no. this, but, but we can share, again, kind of the fun parts of how to get ready and how to make it something that can work for you, especially if you've never done a marathon, excuse me, a run Disney race before. Right, exactly. Or any, any run. Exactly. Like I said, this is what worked for us. You may take it and you can use a piece of it. You can use none of it, discard it all, or maybe, you know, follow and do along exactly. It, what The main thing with this is to find out what works for you. So let's get started. And the key thing to get started with is what equipment do you need? And bottom line, basic, what you're going to need if you're going to run start running or walking or anything for any sort of distance, even if it's just three miles regularly, you're going to need good shoes. Basically, think of your car. Your shoes are not only your tires, but they're also your shock absorbers that are on your car, only they're for your body. And so, you know, if you're going to get out there and do some of this anywhere, anywhere seriously where you're getting in somewhere between nine miles a week or six to nine miles a week and, or so on, depending if you're going to start running a half marathon especially, then you're going to need even more than that. You really want to spend a little bit more on shoes. Uh, there are some really good ones out there. There's some good... Uh, websites out there that will help you fit the shoe that's to the way you walk, uh, to how you move and how your foot is shaped. Also, there are some stores out there uh, that can, they'll get you actually on a treadmill and they'll get you and they can kind of pick out a good shoe based on how you move, how you run, uh, what the, your foot shape is. But shoes are the most important thing you're going to have when you go into training. Right. And even if you don't feel like you have the time or you want to um, be involved in going to a location to get your foot analyzed or whatever, at least if you're making sure that you have um, name brands that are reliable, um, that, you know, they're going to last for what you need them for, then right. at least you're, you know, starting off in the right direction. And we're not saying if you're running out, they're going to go to your, do your first 5K, you need to buy $300 shoes. No, you can go find a good pair of, you know, 50 to $70 shoes that will be fine for you to start off with. And as you, if you decide to progress further into a 10K or a half marathon, then you might think about going into more of the $100 plus shoes. And again, it's it all depends on what you're looking for if you're maybe a little bigger person like I've always been most of my life uh, if you're looking if you have some uh, some problems with your ankles your knees you know some aches and pains maybe you want a shoe that's more cushioned however if you're a little more experienced you're going for more speed then you want a shoe that's a little lighter uh, so it just depends on what you're looking for out there so shoes are very important the second thing you're going to want to need is uh, clothing that kind of wicks away moisture. Um, there's, a, there's a common running term out there that says cotton is rotten. <laughs> now, I'm not going to say you can't wear cotton out there, but you, if you get out there and you get sweating and you have cotton on, that stuff acts like a sponge. I mean, it just will start weighing you down. It's heavy. It, 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 just, it doesn't get the moisture off your body. It'll, it'll actually put it back on. Moisture wicking clothes, dry fit, whatever. A lot of that stuff will really help you out, and especially during these summer months when it's a little warmer. Right. Um, and, and I know I, I had heard that information before and, and didn't, I guess, take it quite seriously enough. Uh, I was very determined to go as Edna Mode. And <laughs> I purchased the cutest little outfit that uh, and got a wig and the, and the glasses. This was for last year's uh, Disneyland 5K, right? Right, yeah. right. You look yeah. great in that outfit, by the <laughs> well, way. Thanks. But uh, I did learn from it that Disney bounding doesn't mean you have to be cosplay. Right. And so 
you know, that, that was something that I did learn. I, you know, although I had the right clothing underneath with my shorts, et cetera, it, it was material that didn't breathe. And we did have some uh, humidity factors and temperatures that were exceeding normal records in Southern Cal. And I, you know, I did the race okay, but it was one of the more uncomfortable ones. And, you know, again, you're, you're at a Disney park, you want to really be focusing on, you know, your run and what's going on around there. And, you know, having something that is more comfortable is uh, a better way to go. Right. Well, I'm going to talk more about costuming uh, when I get to my tip segment near the end of the show. Oh, you too. Great. So yeah. we're basically going to just glom on each other for our tips. We don't, we don't, we go into these shows, we don't really discuss what we're, because we want it to be all fresh when we come on the air. So sometimes there, I've been waiting for this to happen. Sometime we were going to kind of have the same tip or some story. We're going to have the same story or something was going to happen. Right. I think we might have some similar stories. My tip at the end will be a little different from running, but I will be talking a okay. little bit more right. about um, some ideas for what to wear. Anyway, uh, I'm, uh, even going more on what you were talking about there uh, and the equipment or uh, the uh, the gear that you're going to wear, uh, dress appropriately for what the weather is. Check it out. If you're running in the mornings and it's chilly, of course, you'll like to have a running coat. If it's really chilly as you're getting more towards the fall and winter, maybe you live in a chilly climate, maybe some running gloves, some long pants or some uh, racing tights. Uh, those are always great. But just kind of keep an eye out on what you, what the weather is like, if it's warmer like we are in the summer, if you're running in the afternoons. Um, of course, you'll want to get, you know, nice, some good shorts. Like I said, some good uh, moisture-wicking shirt, There's something lightweight, uh, you know, just so you're appropriate for what the weather might be. Right, right. I mean, this is tough enough. Don't make it tougher on yourself by wearing the wrong equipment when you go out there. Right. You know, just being comfortable can keep you going. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So uh, speaking of that, motivation is the next subject that I want to talk about here on this race. Now, motivation is a key part to this. Most of us, let's face it, running is not always fun. It can be fun at times, but it's, I, I like to call it fun torture because you can have fun. But you're also, uh, there's never been, there's never been even just a one mile run that I've gone on where I haven't spent a half a mile where I've thought I could run forever and a half a mile where I thought I'm going to die. I'm not going to make it. (laughs) Uh, That's kind of the way my runs go. And if it's a longer run, usually that's multiple times throughout it. So, you know, motivation is a tough part to go through. And my first part of motivation that I needed to get through was to eliminate as many excuses as possible because it's easy for us you know when it's a tough thing to do they're like okay well oh my gear's not ready you know i just stayed up a little too late last night you can come up with all sorts of excuses and as they build up it's easy to not follow through with your runs and you really want to train for these races because uh, when you get to that race day, these Disney races are really fun and you want to be ready for that fun, even if it takes work to get there. So one of the key things that I find out to do is just get my running gear ready. Whether I run in the mornings, so I get my running gear ready the night before. If you, if you like to run in the afternoons after work or after the kids get out of school or whatever, get that gear ready in the morning before you head out. That way when you come home, it's there for you. It just cuts one more excuse that you have is I don't need to hunt down all my different parts to get ready to go out. And that kind of helps my, my first step working for me to getting out there and actually making these things happen. So I have a top three for motivation. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So um, the first thing that you know, that I found helpful for motivating me in this whole process is, first of all, signing up for a local race. If, and, and again, yes. this is somebody who hasn't done any kind of um, races before. Just find, finding a simple local community race. You know, you feel good because you know your money is going to an, a, a charity usually. And then, um, but it also gives you something motivating you to do, to do this preparation and training. And the second thing is find a couple of places where you enjoy running for your training time. So, you know, like you might mm-hmm. want an area that has for shorter runs. Like for, for me, I use just the area around our, our home that, you know, I can start something. And if I'm not going to go for a long time, mm-hmm. can get back home pretty quickly and easily. And then having something else that's a little bit um, a longer distance so that you can, you know, have that experience down the road to push yourself so for like us we have a lake nearby that's about four and a half miles it's got some nice curves and stuff it's not just a, a complete a circle little light hills in right, there so you can right. get that on your Very, belt too yeah so you know having some places that as as you're training that you can enjoy 
can really help motivate you. And then the other thing is coming up with some inspirational and encouraging kind of things, mm-hmm. such as, um, and, and this is one that I had heard about from somebody, is setting up an inspirational board. And I actually set one up on Pinterest, which I can share with you all. Um, and I, I set it up um, in advance of running the half marathon. And what I did was I, I had that set up, but then the night before the actual race is when I actually reflected on those those um, inspirational thoughts that were in that I had already collected. Mm-hmm. So it was a nice refresher. And, you know, the night before it kind of got me pumped up again. And I do want to share one of my favorite ones. It says, I run because I can. Yeah. Um, because those who can't would want me to. Yes. And so that's nice. You know, something, nice. and, and, and once you have those a little bit more in your mind as you're actually doing a run, you can think of those as well. And then um, also setting up rewards for yourself. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be something that's expensive or elaborate, you know, but have some little, you know, whether it be treats, whether you're going to, you know, buy some, you know, bling for your wings yeah. if you're going to be Tinkerbell, for example. But, you know, let yourself know what the reward is and what you need to do to, to get that reward. And that can also help keep you motivated. And that's what I was about to talk about is I have something, I, I, I like to give myself rewards and they could be as simple as, look, I'm going to run, finish this run and tomorrow I get the day off. I don't have to run tomorrow. Right. It's very simple. I can do I, on my longer runs. I can, look, this is my longer run. I usually I do it on a Saturday. Um, my longer runs, that means I'm not going to run again till. Uh, Tuesday. So that gives me two days off. I'm going to run this longer run and I'll have two days. It's simple things like that. Or it could be right. something as simple as, you know, I mean, I'm not saying that you should go out in there and hit the all you can eat buffet, but you know, you know yourself, look, I can have a cookie tonight or I can end up a donut or whatever. You know, I'm not saying you should go crazy with it, but anything that can help motivate you is good. I motivate myself during runs, as a matter of fact. Like I try and talk about depending on the length of the run let's say i'm just doing three miles okay and i'm say just for some of you that will not be easy and no run is easy let's face it not even a mile is an easy run i talked to i told you earlier about how every half mile it's i'm either gonna run forever or i'm gonna die um if you just go out there and say look i'm already a mile in i'm already a third of the way through or you know when you get to the past the halfway point then you start counting down i'm already you know, halfway through this thing, I only have, and you probably will know kind of what your pacing is. I'll only have 11 minutes to go or whatever, you know, until I'm done with this thing. Little, even rewards like that as you're running can kind of help motivate you to get through it. Because sometimes it can seem like, oh, this is so long. If you think about everything that's ahead of you, rather than thinking, uh, instead, we should think about what's behind you. Sometimes that will help uh, getting you through it. Well, at least it works for me that way. Right, right. Same thing here. Other things to do when you're out there running, uh, we love to listen to music when we're running. You know, we love listening to music. Uh, we love, and you can find what works for you. Everybody has something different. A good set of headphones and music. Maybe you want to go running with a friend and have a conversation when you're out there. Uh, maybe it's a good, if you like to listen to a good audio book, uh, that's good. Anything to keep your mind off of it. We like to listen to, and let's see, let's mark it. Uh, we are in the 24th minute of the seventh show. We listen to Hamilton a lot when we're out there yes. running. And that took, I can't believe it took us until this point to mention Hamilton because one thing you'll know about us is that we are huge Hamilton fans. We are huge Disney fans, but we also love the Broadway musical Hamilton. And we got to partially to love that is because it's been very inspirational music for us when we run because not only is it some great music with some great pacing, uh, it's also kind of an audio book in itself while you're running. You kind of listen to a story as you go along. So right, exactly, and you know it is just it's it is has a lot of upbeat uh, parts to it, so it it can be help can be helpful at keeping you motivated. Um, and let's face it, we also have our Disney tracks. Oh, of course, <laughs> but I agree with you. Hamilton is pretty much the go-to most yeah. of the time. Well, we do. We I, I my my. For my longer runs, my mix is very eclectic. I have everything from Disney songs to pop songs to hard rock songs to rap. I, I, it kind of goes all over the map out there, but just stuff that I find gets me along, gets my pacing the way I want it to be. And if you're looking for songs out there that 
uh, kind of want to find your pace, there's a great website out there. It's called Jog FM. And if you're looking, depending on what your pace you're looking to run at, whether you're looking to run at a 12-minute per mile pace or whether you're looking to run at a 9-minute mile pace or whatever, they you can type in what your mile what what you're looking for, and they'll find songs that kind of a beats per minute that uh, go with the pace you're looking for. And you can scroll through them and find what kind of songs you like. You might be surprised at this song they hadn't thought of uh, might be one of those songs that's great for you. And another place you can find some great music is uh, Run Disney will release themed playlists going into a lot of these races on Spotify. Uh, and, you know, you can, uh, those are uh, songs that kind of, you know, we, we all these races have right. something, whether it be like last year, we you talked about the Incredibles going into the uh, right. Disneyland 5K. It was uh, uh, Monsters, Inc., going into the uh, Disneyland 10K, which I ran last year. But, you know, whether it be the Avengers, which were, they would have been in the past, Star Wars, uh, whatever it might be, the Princess Half Marathon, they have released these uh, theme playlists that kind of go along with those races, and those are kind of fun too. Right, exactly. And, you know, sometimes when, when you're training, it you know, what may work for you one day might not be what's inspirational to you on another day. Oh, yeah. So having some variations in in your playlist available is also a very helpful motivator. I'm always adding songs and ejecting songs depending on how they, you know, one, sometimes I've listened to them too many times. Sometimes I've changed my pace of how I run, whatever. You can adapt it as you move along. But uh, anyway, those are what I think uh, a lot of good things that can help motivate you, uh, you know, tell us what motivates you. If you want to reach out to us on Facebook, Twitter, uh, through our email address, let us know what motivates you when you go out to do your Run Disney races. Uh, another key thing before you get started, make sure you warm up. Go out there. Don't just go out cold and start running, especially if you haven't been really doing this before. Whether it be stretching, whether it be walking, maybe a little light running before you do more of a speedy run, just make sure your body is ready to go. And that is especially important when you get to the colder months as we're getting prepared for some of these races. Right, right. Because, you, you know, the last thing you want to do is experience, you know, a cramp or, you know, any other type of injury because you haven't done the warm-up sufficiently. Absolutely, and absolutely. Uh, so that gets us through what getting started. Now let's get to the, what we do for our actual training process. And as I said before, uh, please do train for these races, even if you can't do it all the time. We understand uh, things get in the way, family, jobs, vacations, although running on vacation is actually kind of a fun thing to do. You get to check out new areas. We, of course, go to Walt Disney World, right. and we stay at the uh, the cabins at the Fort Wilderness, uh, not Fort Wilderness, yeah, but Fort the, Wilderness. the Fort Wilderness, yeah. The cabins at Fort Wilderness, and running through that area with all the trees and everything is really a great area to run through. But wherever you go, you know, you're running through a different city, it's kind of cool to kind of get, even if it's just for a mile, kind of get out there and do it. It's kind of fun. But we know things get in the way. You get sick, whatever. Um, but try and make work your way around it as much as possible. Because when you get to this race, you're going to spend a lot of money on this race. These races aren't cheap, these run Disney races. and But they are fun, and you want to be able to have fun. If you're suffering because you didn't train properly for the race, you probably won't quite have as much fun. So here's what works for, at least for me and you, Michelle, you can right. talk about what works for you. We regularly run only three days a week. Yeah, and some people think you need to run almost every day to get trained up for these races. That's not what works for us, and that's actually what Run Disney mostly suggests. Uh, they do suggest if you're going to do some of the challenges where you're running back-to-back days, running the 10K, running the half marathon, that there may be one day where you're going to want to run back-to-back races or back-to-back training runs as you get closer to this. But we're not doing the challenges mostly. So we do three days a week. I do Tuesday uh, Thursdays and Saturdays, I believe you usually do Wednesday, Friday, Friday Sunday, Sunday right. like you ran this morning. Exactly. Um, and how I approach it personally as an intermediate runner is um, I will go out. Since I'm an intermediate, I, I can run the whole thing now. Um, I'll run for 30 minutes on Tuesdays and uh, Thursdays, which is usually about uh, about three miles for me. And I'll work, focus more on speed. And then on the weekdays, I go for my, or excuse me, on the weekends, I go for my longer runs. Uh, one weekend, odd weeks, if I'm starting the training regiment, like I just signed up for, unfortunately, it's not a run Disney race, but it's a half marathon up in the LA area with my cousins I'm going to be running. Um, I will run five miles because I've got some experience. Now, that if you're starting out, you're not going to run five miles your first long weekend, or especially if you're running a 5K, you have no reason to run five miles. I'll run five miles, and then the next week I'll run a longer distance, whether it be eight, nine, ten, and gradually increase that. And that one will be for endurance. I'll go at a much slower pace on those races. Now, you as a beginner, how do you approach it, Michelle? Right. I, you know, 
I still enjoy whether it be a 5K or 10K, um, you know, versus the half marathon, although I love the half marathon too. But, and I'm not trying to be an Olympic champion at any of these things. Neither of us are. So (laughs) I do use a lot of the tips that, you know, you can get from the Run Disney site, you know, and part of that is building up your endurance if you're a lightweight like what I am, you know, and that's where you're you're doing a pattern of doing some uh, running mixed in with some walking and that, you know, just, and you just continually uh, decrease the amount of time you're walking and increase right. the, the running capacity. And so um, similarly to what you do, I do the three days a week. Um, I try to do um, 30 minutes also during the weekdays, although I'm not consistent with that. Um, and one of the things that you shared with me early on, I would find that there was something a day that I just may not really have felt mm-hmm. well enough to do it or or just, you know, didn't feel motivated at all, you know, and what you shared with me is, hey, even if you just go out there for 10 to 15 minutes, you know, and then it doesn't seem so big. It doesn't seem like, okay, I don't, maybe I, maybe I slept in a little bit and I mm-hmm. don't have 30 minutes and I'm, I don't want to feel bad like I didn't do it at all. So knowing that I could allow myself just a short run of 10 to 15 minutes just to get me out there just to keep you know things going really made a big difference now obviously I don't want to do that all the time but it was it was a nice way to uh, again allow myself if I didn't have that ability to do the whole 30 minutes on the weekdays to be able to you know do something better to get out there for a short time uh, than to not do it at all. Because if you miss one day, okay, that can happen. You miss two days, then it starts to stretch into three days. And then you're kind of really, especially when you start running uh, and get out there and get to these activities, you'll notice if you take a week or more off, sometimes it almost feels like you're starting from ground zero again. I'm right. not trying to discourage you out there. I'm just trying to encourage you to get out there more often. Now, like I said, life gets in the way family issues, you get sick, whatever, it's going to happen. But the more you can get out there every once in a while, even if it is just for 10 minutes, just a mile, it's going to help you loads. And there's no runner in the world that gets up every day and feels perfect for a run. There's just some days for whatever reason, you didn't eat as well as you did, you needed to the day before. Maybe you, you know, like you said, you didn't sleep enough, uh, you know, whether you didn't drink enough water, whatever, for whatever reason, there are going to be days where you're just not feeling as good as you felt on other days when you run. And kind of, if you can just fight through that somewhat, maybe you slow down your pace, Whatever you need to do, if you can kind of battle through that, one, you'll feel rewarded when I got through it when you're done, and two, it'll help you for other runs in the future. Right. And similarly with the pattern of walk-run, like I told you, I mean, on on days, you know, whether it be very, very hot, I mean, last weekend here was just crazy, and, you know, you need to at that point keep in mind that you're probably not going to be running as fast or as much Mm -hmm. and you know just allowing yourself again pushing through some of it you know so sometimes at the beginning when I'm feeling like that you know at the beginning of my you know longer runs like a five mile run or whatever I might at first feel like man I'm really a wimp today I'm doing more walking than I had expected to be doing I'm not keeping up with what I've been you know on track with before and then realized that you know after about a mile in or something like that then I'm back onto my stride so don't ever let it get discouraged and even if you don't if you don't get into your stride just being out there you know and and fighting through some of that um discomfort, yeah. you know, can go a long way. And you feel better about it when you're done. That's why, Absolutely. I mean, you know, they people talk about the runner's high. I've never once felt the runner's high when I've actually been running. But the high comes to me for after I finished. It's like, I did that. I ran those three miles. You know, I got a great pace. Right. I finished, I've run longer than I ever have. Or I've run more than I've walked for the first time ever. Whatever it is, depending on what, what state you are in. Uh, those are what are the rewards for all of this. As well as, of course, the race at the end, uh, which is the finish line which is the, literally the finish line at the end of this all, uh, that is the best thing going for you. But yeah, when you're a beginner, start out. If you're just coming from the couch, you have never run at all, don't go out there and expect you're going to run even a mile right. just right off the bat. Go out there and walk, 
run a little bit, walk a little bit more, run a little bit, whether it be like walk for a minute, run for 30 seconds, walk for a minute, run for 30 seconds, whatever. Find out what works for you. And then gradually as you do it more, you can start moving it to where you walk for 30 seconds, run for a minute, walk for 30 seconds, run for a minute. And then eventually you might be able to get it to the point where you can run most of it, if not all of it. Right. Um, and, you know, so some the counting in your head can really be helpful if you're feeling a little bit like sluggish because you know when you if you're if you're running let's say for 30 seconds and and you get you're do you're counting you know you only have a few more seconds you can make it another tip that you could try to use too is looking at um something that's outside that you can say okay i'm going to run until i reach Mm -hmm. that tree or you know that that cactus plant or something like that. I mean, something that is also a way that you don't necessarily feel like you have to be counting all the time in your head. That's a great thing. I should have mentioned this in equipment as well. This one thing you might want to do uh, when you're listening to music or whatever. Get one of the apps that are out there that uh, will help you run. Like we like RunKeeper. That's the app that we like. But there's other great ones, especially if you're just starting out. Uh, Couch to 5K is a great one to help you get going, uh, moving. There's other ones like Map My Run. And there's, there's, there's several running uh, apps out there that will help you keep your pace. Uh, it'll tell you your distance. And they're semi-accurate. They're not completely accurate. If you really want, if you get more advanced, and this is as you get more to being towards an intermediate runner, whether you're running a 10K or a half marathon, then you might go for like a GPS-type watch that actually attaches to a satellite, and that will right. tell you a more uh, exact uh, distance that you're going and pacing and everything else. But it's kind of those things. And they also will, you know, when you know what your pace is, it'll show you how you're progressing, uh, if you're getting faster, if you're running more, if you're running longer, whatever the case may be. So those things will help you. Um, exactly. As far as pacing, um, like I said before, you know, if you're just getting started, walk more. It's okay to walk. I walked on my half marathon. I had a pretty good pace on my half marathon. I was hot, so it wasn't maybe quite exactly what I wanted, but it's still a pretty good pace. But I walked... I don't know, maybe a mile of the 13 miles out there. It's okay to walk during these things and still say you ran it. You know, if, as long as you've done some running within it, it's okay to say you've run these races. But pacing, when you're getting on your runs, start slowly. This is what I'll suggest. Always start slowly. If you go really fast at the beginning of your race or your run or whatever you're going to do, um, and then you start running out of energy midway through or near the end, you're either not going to run uh, the distance you want, you're going to injure yourself, or you're just going to be absolutely exhausted at the end of it. It's always better to start slowly, and then if you're feeling good as you move on, you can kind of increase your pace slowly as you go along. Yeah, and that's great information, because when I first started, I just thought, all right, I have my most energy when I'm just starting, so let me just really, you know, bolt out there and, you know, while I'm still energetic, get as far as I could. And you're right, that's what I experienced. I just like, I was like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. So that's a, and it's especially true if you're going for endurance, if you're going for one of your longer runs where you're trying to stretch things out a little bit farther, definitely start more slowly. Uh, you'll, it'll pay off in the long run. Um, one thing you should try and do when you're running is keep your breath about you. So like if, if you find yourself and everybody thinks you run, you're going to breathe hard. <laughs> you don't ever want to have to do that. Right. Um, if you get to that point and you're not just running like the last stretch of your, ra- uh, of your uh, run or your race or whatever, then you're going to wear yourself out. That's what I find wears me out quicker than anything. It's not necessarily aches or pains or anything else. It's fatigue. And when you get to find yourself out of breath, uh, it, it's, it's what fatigues your body when you're not getting oxygen to your muscles. So try and keep your pay. I mean, if, if you find yourself getting out of breath, you should be able to, what they'll tell you, and I don't personally believe this because I don't like to talk to anybody when I run, but they tell you you should be able to hold on conversation while you're running, and that's how your pace should be. I just try and keep my breath kind of steady. Uh, if you find yourself where your breath is picking up some, you kind of going heavy, you want to either slow down your pace or maybe just slow up slow down completely and walk for a little bit until you kept your breath again. Believe me, it'll save you in the long run. Right, right. Absolutely. Same, same experiences that I've had there. And, and, you know, that's where, again, if you're, you know, want to make this just like your plans are to just do 5Ks. I shouldn't say just do, because I no, love the 5Ks. 5Ks are great. are so much fun. It's not just. It's right. a great it race. It is a great race. And again, even with some community races there, is, you know, having the ability just to um, have that walk 
in your back of the mind that you can do some walking and still it's a legitimate experience. Absolutely. Um, if you're now, now when you're looking at what you're going to pace yourself what at for your runs, uh, think of what your goal is. Have a goal to go out there when your runs. Is it going to be to go for endurance? Is it going to be to go for speed? Is it going to be uh, you know to try and stretch out and run more than you walk? Whatever the case may be. When you're talking about pacing, you should know what you're going out there for. If you're going to go for a shorter run, your pace should be a little bit faster than if you say you're going to go and try and stretch it out to a longer run, whether it be going to three miles for the first time ever, or whether it's going to five or ten or whatever. Uh, your shorter run should be a little faster than your longer run. And again, it goes off with you know keeping your pacing uh, the right way for it, starting off more slowly. Uh, believe me, I never run a, a long run. If I'm going to go run five miles, I never run it at the pace I'm going to run two miles. Uh, I never run it. It's going to be a much slower by a minute or sometimes more per mile, depending on what the distance is we're talking about here. So keep that in mind when you go out there. If you're getting set to go run five miles for the first time and you go out there the way you run three miles, well, you're probably going to be fatigued somewhere around the three and a half, four mile part you should at least for the first times you're running these distances slow it down by 30 seconds to a minute per mile at least right and that's where the apps come in mm -hmm. handy you know and also you know because you are training with different goals in mind when you go out the apps do give you usually trophies or badges right. for accomplishing like they have little challenges you right, need right. it's just so, kind of it's kind of fun exactly but uh you know that's the key and listen to your body when you're out there don't overdo it if if you find your body is hurting, there's usually a reason for it. Uh, and if it's carrying over on your days off, I mean, more than just general soreness, you know, especially when you're first starting activity, you're going to hit general soreness. But if you find some joint pain or, you know, some muscles that really hurt for extended periods of time, listen to them and lay off of them a little bit. You know, you, especially for those of you who are just getting started, uh, you want to be very careful with those things because, if you try and push it too much, now we've talked about pushing it through some adversity, but when you really have an injury of some sort, if you try and push it too quickly, then you just elongate it. It becomes tougher to come back from, and then you got to start, as we talked about earlier, start all over again. Right, right. Think of it like if you have, you know, any other kind of illness, and you push yourself through that illness, and you, you end up making your recovery take that much longer. So. And, and that's true of also if you get sick, you know, I mean, especially right. if you get something that moves into your lungs or whatever. Don't try and push it out to get out there and be active right away. Even if you're kind of close to race time, you need to kind of let that stuff clear up so it doesn't, one, you don't relapse and get sicker again or, you know, just end up injuring yourself another way. It's another thing is if you favor things, if, you, or if you're injured, you start favoring other parts of your body, you can injure that part of your body. And it's just one of those things. You just got to kind of right. decide. And, if, and the same thing when you, if you're on a run, maybe you plan to go three miles that day, but you find in mile one that something is hurting. Okay, maybe you don't I mean, get to do that three miles, but you, it'll save you in the long run. Maybe you can run three miles the next time out because you can kind of let that heal up. Exactly. So uh, in between runs, on off days, uh, one thing that I do is I try and stay off of really working any of my lower body uh, to an extreme at all. You know, if you want to go out and still be active and, and work out, you know, you can do some things that kind of work with your upper body or whatever but if you're going to planning for doing these runs especially some of these longer runs kind of give your lower body uh especially your calves and your quads and your hamstrings some time off and during those times right and uh another thing you want to do on your days off uh carbs i know it sounds weird to, to think that you need carbs but if you're going to be doing especially longer runs you're going to need to prepare for them with a few carbs here and there. Now, I'm not saying you should go out there and get a bunch of fettuccine Alfredo or something really oh. heavy and fatty. It's good, but um, what you should probably do is every once in a while, and it doesn't have to be all the time, but especially before some of your longer runs and definitely before race day, um, get out there, get some light pasta, whether it be you know like just some light pasta with some vegetables, maybe a little olive oil, garlic, uh, some grilled chicken, some grilled shrimp, whatever in there, something simple, a little Parmesan over the top. Uh, it, it's really good, and it'll help give you some energy for your run days. Right, yeah. And that, and also um, to have something with you when you're running, especially a long run that you could right. you know, um, have as well. Absolutely. When you're on your runs, that's another thing. If you're going for your longer runs, depending on whatever distance that is, it's probably good to either fuel before, during, 
uh, and sometimes multiple times during because you really you, your body will use up those things and you'll need them as you move along. Uh, if, you're, uh, if you've run that day and you're looking to recover from those runs, proteins are very important. So lean proteins like chicken breast, pork tenderloin, uh, even it doesn't have to necessarily be always super lean. You can have a steak or, you know, whatever. But protein, if you're a vegetarian, quinoa, uh, you know, um, tofu, uh, very important stuff, beans and rice, things like that. But you're going to need protein to kind of recover, to get help your muscles recover in between days. And always, as always, always, and I'll say this, whether you're running or not, hydrate, 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 <laughs> hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. Uh, especially during your, as you're training for these runs, hydration is a big thing. You need to hydrate before, you're going to need to hydrate during, and you need to hydrate after. And that includes your days in between. Oh, yeah. That is exceptional advice because and that's one of the things that I have to be myself most involved in remembering because I'm not as good at it as you are but it but it really does make a big difference and like you said for the recovery part if you're not well hydrated you know you are just you're you're on the couch then after that that's how I I, yeah you, you need your water you'll be especially on these days like right now if you're out there running now for most of the country where it's humid and hot and you're perspiring a ton of liquids. Um, you really need a and you know water's great. Water is the best, but you know sometimes uh, some of the sports drinks out there are important to get some of the uh, you know the phosphates and such back in you. Know, it's it's really good. Bananas are great to kind of help store that yeah. uh, that liquid, help you from uh, cramping up and everything. So, but hydrate if you can. Other things that are great for recovery. Ice is great if you start getting some aches and pains. Uh, ice, even just a bag of frozen peas taped around your knee you can do a, a wonders for you so ice is great uh, they have these great uh, come out in the last several years is kinetic tape uh, is great if you've never seen kinetic tape you'll see them as if you go to uh, some of the parks on race days or you'll see a lot of people walk around the park with all these tape on their knees or actually you'll see like on the olympics and some of these athletic sure. events a lot of people with these tapes on their shoulders on their knees or whatever that's kinetic tape and uh, there are people out there that can do it for you they, they're trained they know how to do it but also there's great uh, tutorials online to show you how to apply this for whatever your ache and pain might be and it really helps kind of support that as you're working through uh, whatever might be bothering you. So um, really would suggest you looking into that if you're starting to get some aches and pains as you're trying to progress your runs. So right, that's it. That's what I have. Is there, did you have anything else? That's Well, no, the only other thing that I wanted to share about, you know, and it kind of guess goes under motivation too, is um, when I run, I really look at it as my time. You know, there's so many other... Um, responsibilities we have, whether it be kids or work or things at home. And so when I go out to run, especially my longer runs, I really just use that as my time to be listening to music, trying to, you know, really focus on fun thoughts and realizing at that moment that I'm doing it, I have no other responsibilities. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it really is kind of a respite for the soul. And I know that even at times when I've really, you know, felt low about something that having that alone time to really just, you know, be kind to myself and then to feel good about it afterwards is really something that you know, helps me for the long run. Yeah, absolutely. I was out running yesterday and uh, most of the topics I came up with today, I was thinking about as I was out running. That's why I, my runs have, since we started doing this podcast, a lot of uh, planning for it and, you know, coming up with topics is what I've been handling on my runs. I think about a lot of these things and yeah, I got to take a note of this when I get back. Sometimes I forget to take a note of it and I forget about it till later, but uh, a lot of this comes in out there, but also it's great. Like it's a great time. Like if you're planning a vacation to be thinking about your plans for a vacation or whatever it might be, what you're going to have for dinner that night, plan out your menu for whatever. There's lots of stuff to think about out there when you're, as you're going through it. And it really is a great time just to be for you. Right. And you can think about what you might want to wear on a race. That's and, right. You know, how you can do Disney bounding on a race, uh, format absolutely so and uh, you know bottom line just go out there and have fun i know it's torture running is never easy getting out there and getting athletic is never easy but look at it in a fun way and especially when you get to that finish line like i was talking about a little earlier when you actually get to that race and the fun that's going to happen out there as you're running through these parks at walt the walt disney world resort hopefully eventually they come back to the disneyland resort here within the next couple years but as you're getting out there um, that's the goal and you want to have fun with it. So get out there, train, have fun. 
Again, we are not doctors. We are not certified trainers. This is just what we do. This is what works for us. Hopefully, a little piece of this, what we talked about, will help you somewhere along the way. Right. And again, if anybody has any additional tips that you want to share with us or that we can share with everybody, or if you have some questions, um, if we don't know the answers of what you know our experience have been, you know, hopefully we'll uh, be able to kind of route you in the right direction to get right. some of your answers. And we've probably glossed, just like last week, as Robert wrote us earlier, we probably glossed over a few things here, or maybe something that you had some questions about. If you want to contact us and ask us about anything we've talked about here or anytime in any of the podcasts, you can reach us on Twitter, at Hyperion Podcast, on Facebook and Instagram, at Hyperion Adventures Podcast, and you can email us at Hyperion Adventures Podcast at gmail.com. And now... We are, once again, we're going to break the record for the longest podcast we've ever had. We are way into it, but we have to get to our stories of the week. We, we just cannot. There's been, as always, there's all these Disney stories. We need to get to at least a couple of them, or I would feel like we neglected our audience. So let's get to the stories of the week. Uh, here we go. Let's start off with the Walt Disney World Resort has announced an exciting way to kick off the fall maybe just extend your summer a little bit. Uh, they've released the Fall Into Magic package uh, for dates right after Labor Day. Now, it's a very interesting package. Uh, it's trying to kind of entice people as the summer ends to kind of get out there and get to these parks. Uh, what this package includes is guests can book a four-day, five-night package from September through 3rd to September 8th at select Disney Resort hotels. Uh, with this limited time off a year, this is what they wrote. Uh, so this is not how I speak. Uh, you'll delight in an itinerary full of magical must-dos and exclusive experiences just for guests on this package. You'll also enjoy a five-night stay at a select Disney Moderate, Deluxe, or Disney v uh, Villa Resort Hotel and a four-day Magic Your Way theme park tickets with park hopper options. Now, the cool thing about this is it's not just a hotel and tickets package. There are exclusive events that are tied to it for each night that you're at the park. You start off on the 4th of September with a welcome to fall dinner at Epcot inspired by the International Food and Wine Festival. On the 5th, you have a nighttime Kilimanjaro Safaris tour at Disney's Animal Kingdom followed by an exclusive showing of Rivers of Light after closing. On the 6th, there have two hours of exclusive nighttime access to Toy Story Land at Disney's Hollywood Studios. And on the 7th, uh, you get tickets to Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party at the Magic Kingdom. So kind of a cool package, a lot of fun stuff that people really want to do out there. And it might be a fun way to approach it if you're willing to extend your summer or start your fall uh, right that week after Labor Day. Right. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Sign me up. Uh, you can now book now through August 18th. Uh, prices may vary depending on what, uh, of course, resort, obviously, what kind of room you're looking for resort. But they are limited. There are only so many packages. So you might want to get out there if you're thinking about doing this and check into it as soon as possible. But that sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, and secondly, uh, Disneyland Paris. We talked about Disneyland Paris and the race earlier. Well, Disneyland Paris is about to host its second, and I'm going to mess this up. You'd be much better reading it. Matter of fact, I'm going to let you read this because oh you speak goodness. French. Uh, Le Rendezvous Gourmand Food Festival. There we go. Thank you. Uh, yes. Yeah. She, she, she actually speaks some French. I do not. There I just kind of go, ha, ha, ha. The park will be celebrating European food culture by hosting uh, the festival in Walt Disney Studios Park from July 27th through September 30th of this year. So it's coming up really quickly here. Um, it's And uh, for the first time, Italy, Spain, Belgium will be represented in the sh six chalets featuring food, drink, and decor of each region. Each chalet will be located in Rue de Paris. Did I get that okay? Yeah. Uh, near Place de Remy. Uh, the Ratatouille attraction and the Bistro de Remy. Uh, so I know I botched those. but No, no. Good <laughs> no, Good no, job. you're fine. You're, <laughs> you're fine. fine. <laughs> Whatever, you American. <laughs> um, and uh, so that looks like a lot of fun. We like all the different festivals out at Walt Disney World Resort, uh, you know, when they do their various things at Epcot, uh, here at uh, Disneyland Resort, Disney's California Adventure. We get to try different foods. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. So yeah. that sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, a couple other things that happened this week. Uh, Disney movies. 
Well, they changed some things coming up on the schedule-wise. And you may have heard this, but Indiana Jones 5 has been pushed back by a year. Uh, It's now going to be on July 9th, 2021, that that's coming out. So uh, a little sad, sad, but but I'd rather have them push it back a year and try and get it right. uh, Right. Because I know we both love the uh, Indiana Jones series of movies. Even the fourth one wasn't exactly that great. So I want to see them get five right. Uh, other n- notices from the Disney movie changes. Mary Poppins returns has been moved up by a week. Yeah, uh, was going to be on Christmas. Now it's going to be released on December nineteenth. So that's exciting. We're looking forward to seeing that. Uh, that's going to be fun. Because I think there's somebody in there that you're. Yeah, you that goes back to our Hamilton thing that we talked about earlier. <laughs> I'm so glad that he is part of the Disney. I'm talking about Lin Manuel Miranda. He's everybody knows I have a guy crush on Lin Manuel Miranda and. Um, I, I'm so excited that he's part of the Disney family now between uh, you know, helping write the music for Moana and this. And now he's also working on the music for uh, the live action Little Mermaid. But then it comes out here in the next few years. So, um, And uh, one more thing is that and it's not really that important, but Wreck-It Ralph 2, Ralph Breaks the Internet, has now been renamed to it's just Wreck- Wreck-It Ralph or excuse me, it's just Ralph uh, Breaks the Internet. It's They've kind of taken the Wreck-It Ralph 2 out of it. So a couple other movie releases out there. I can't get to them all here because we're running late, but uh, just so you know that. Uh, I can't get away without talking about Star Wars a little bit because we like to talk about Star Wars. Uh, yeah. Billy D. Williams is returning as Lando Calrissian in Star Wars Episode Nine. That's exciting news. That we, is. There were some rumors that he might be in The Last Jedi, but that didn't come to uh, fruition. So it's good to hear now that it's looking like uh, we will see the, that, uh, that CAD, whatever <laughs> you want to call him. Lando Calrissian, it'll be fun to see him back in uh, the Star Wars movies. He's been doing a lot of stuff, uh, kind of n- not on the movies, but he's been doing stuff. We've seen him uh, making appearances in Rebels. He played Lando in That's that. Right. He voiced that and doing a couple other things. But he has not actually uh, been Lando since uh, 1983's Return of the Jedi. So wow. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's it. I can't. We're so long here. I'm not going to go to any more stories. There's lots of stories out there. We never get to them all. Please, if there's a story that you want to share with us or you want to discuss with us, as I gave you before, and I'll give you the contact again, but please write to us or contact us in some way. We'd love to talk to you about these stories. So since we're running so long here, we just need to get to our tips. And since we've talked about it earlier, maybe we can kind of sync up our tip here yeah. as we go along. So uh, let's get to our tips as we close out every show. Michelle, with her tip of the week. Okay. Um, you know, recently we talked about booking some of the Halloween events at both Disneyland and Walt Disney World. Well, now, uh, last week, the Walt Disney World uh, Christmas events are starting to be available now online. Um, They have their very merry Christmas party in the Magic Kingdom, which is a wonderful nighttime experience. Um, If you haven't done that, it is is really great. And um, so that's something that we would recommend. And also the candlelight processional dining packages Mm. at Epcot. You can do the candlelight processional without having a dining package. It is free with your Epcot admission, but you would have to end up lining up and being in a actually like a standby line so the dining packages are really a favorable way to do that experience especially if you're you're going to probably eat out the parks anyways why not take advantage of that right so you can do it um they do have now a breakfast that you can also book as a dining package uh as well as um the lunches or dinners for that day and you know as with most of the disney um experiences where you do a, a dining package you get your tickets um associated with going to the restaurant uh, we're really excited with the candlelight procession to see some of our favorite guest mm-hmm. narrators returning, like Neil Patrick Harris, Jody Benson, Whoopi, James, El- excuse me, Edward James, almost. You know, um, so that's you saw Jody Benson last year. Right? I, I saw Jody Benson last year. I've seen the other ones that I just mentioned over the years, as well as some others. And so those are the ones that have been confirmed so far. Uh, there's some other dates that they're still and some other uh, guest narrators there. I didn't go through the whole. Well, Whoopi list. Goldberg is one of them. And there's right. a lot of great names they always have great people uh, hosting these exactly and again if you haven't done the candlelight processional it is just a a really great holiday experience talk 
about immersion into a holiday experience, and it's something, um, you know, we like to take people who have never been and, and kind of see it through their, you know, new eyes on mm-hmm. it. Um, but it, it can be a really great family tradition to go to. Um, it really gets you into the Christmas season. It really it does. does. And they've already announced one of their New Year's Eve celebration, which will be the Pixar party at the Contemporary Resort. Um, and that's at $190 per person. Uh, it's food, it's drinks. It's a great way to, to ring in the new year. Absolutely. That's great. Yeah. Uh, so look, I encourage you to go online. Yeah. Today. And we look forward to the holidays every year out there. Both, uh, you know, the Disneyland Resort and the Walt Disney World Resort. They, they deck it out and it, it really gets you into the spirit. It is just, amazing. Even, even as you're showing up there uh, in November, uh, it, it really can be fun. It right. kind of gets you really pumped for right. the holidays. And as we've talked about some of them in the past about hotel hopping, that's a great time oh, of year to do hotel hopping. So Each of the decor is very different and very themed towards that resort theme. Um, many of them have um, gingerbread houses that are in the theme of that resort. Some aren't necessarily houses, but they are gingerbread um So, um, but yeah, Christmas time or holiday time at Walt Disney World and Disneyland is pretty phenomenal, um, you know, sensory experience. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You know, you can even uh, do things out there where you're sending the kids on tasks to find every Christmas tree at the Walt Disney World Resort. Every other big one, the main Christmas trees. They have hundreds of actual Christmas trees. You're not going to find every Christmas tree out there, but if you can find the main ones out there, all the different uh, resorts and the parks, uh, that's kind of a a fun way to kind of maybe set the kids going, like you said, a scavenger hunt as they go along. Okay, let's get to my tip real quickly because, again, we're we're actually pushing an hour now. Uh, My tip, I'm going to go back to the whole run Disney thing and uh, getting ready for your race. And I'm going to talk about costumes now. One thing you'll know about whether you've done a race or whether you haven't, uh, you've probably seen the pictures online. Uh, People like to get out there and dress themselves up to run in these run Disney races. Uh, But I will tell you something. If you're going to do this, be prepared for it. You know, don't just go out there and think I'm going to go wear a full Chewbacca (laughs) costume out and to run this half marathon in 80 degree weather with 99% humidity. That's probably not the way you want to go. Or you don't want to go out there. I don't know if I'll remember what the Walt Disney World marathon temperatures were for last year. They were, I believe, down in the upper 30s, low 40s, and maybe even colder than that. Uh, You don't want to go out there with the Princess Leah gold bikini when it's, (laughs) you know, 38 degrees and freezing mist out there. So you want to pay attention to the weather as you're preparing your costumes for these, whether it's just Disney bounding or whether you're actually going for a full-blown costume to go out to these things. Think about what the race length you're going to run is. Is it a 5K? You can probably go, if you're used to running longer races, you can probably go a little heavier on your costume uh, if you're running a 5K. Are you running a 10K? Are you running a half marathon? You want want to adapt to those you want to know what the weather is going in uh, you know if you're planning these things well out in advance like you may be planning uh, your costume now for the Walt Disney World half marathon uh, since you're registering this week uh, look at what the weather has been in the past races at those dates and that can kind of give you an idea of what you might want to look for it doesn't mean that the weather will be that but at least it gives you an idea so you can kind of be prepared going in uh, what I'll tell you is when you do these costumes Be prepared for any type of weather. Have them be layered so you can either add if you need to or subtract if you need to and still have effectively what you want it to be. Because if it's colder than expected, you'll want to add in, you know, maybe a sweatshirt underneath it or some sort of hoodie. Or you'll want to uh, have some sort of long pants, whether it be running tights or some sort of jogging pants or whatever. If it's hotter, then you're going to want to strip down to, you know, little shorts and and some sort of shirt or something uh, kind of easy to wear. Again, you don't want to be in that Chewbacca outfit in 80 degrees and huge humidity. So... Be aware of that as you go on. And my last tip about costumes I'll give you before you go out is test them before you actually get out to the race. You don't want to be out there, you know, three miles into a half marathon and the costume is rubbing against you incorrectly, chafing you. Uh, It's running into, it's bumping into other runners, whatever the case may be. I know it looks silly sometimes to be running out in your neighborhood with your uh, your fairy wings on or whatever it might be, you know, you know, your Star Wars outfit, whatever it might be. But really, it is important to get out there and run a couple miles and just kind of give it a test run, pun intended, uh, as you get out there to uh, get ready 
for this race so you're not caught off guard midway through it. Right. And one of the one other little thing associated with that, that that you've shared with me is that, you know, especially for the colder weather, if you do have um, the need to put on a jacket, but you want to just you know, you just need it at the beginning of the race is um, you can have what they call a throwaway jacket. And it's just, you know, something that maybe you're certainly willing to part with and you can have it at the you know, while you're waiting to start your run and then you can take it off during the run and the Disney company collects those and they give it to the homeless. And mm-hmm. so it's, it kind of has a nice dual purpose. And that goes for anywhere on the route. So you start right. off cold, but like uh, mile two, you're starting to really warm up right. or whatever. If it's a longer race, a mile one, whatever. Uh, you can leave it anywhere along the course and they'll pick it up and uh, take it to these, uh, these charities. So that is another great tip. All right. So that's it. We've again broken the record. We've gone over an hour for another podcast. So we, we keep going longer and longer, but we have a lot to say and we love spending the time with you. So thank you again for sharing this much time, especially this much time with us. We really appreciate you. Next week, next week's show, it's Comic-Con time here Yay. in San Diego where we're based out of. So we'll be discussing Comic-Con, what the news is, Disney and Marvel and Star Wars related that comes out of Comic-Con. We'll be talking about anything that we have out there. I believe uh, our other son, Nick, uh, is going out to Comic-Con. I'm going to try and tab him for some inside news. Unfortunately, we have some things that we're not going to let us to get out there. But we will be at one thing Comic-Con related, and that's at the D23 member mixer that's happening downtown next Saturday right. on the Looking 21st. Yeah, based on, It's going to be themed to a, a nightmare before Christmas. And... Um, I'm looking forward to going to that. And if you happen to be going to that as well, please find us. Come tell us you listen to the podcast. We'd love to talk to you. We'd love to meet you. Come by and say hi. Or if you know anybody that's going out there, tell them we're going to be out there. Tell One, tell them about the podcast because we'd love you to share it with everybody you know. Right. But uh, tell them we'll be out there and we'd love to talk with them as well. So that's it. Uh, follow us on social media. As I've said before, Twitter. Uh, at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook and Instagram at Hyperion Adventures Podcast, on the web, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. You can email us if there's anything you want to talk about, if you want to be a part of the show, if you want to be, you know, have a tip, if you just want to say hi, if you have something that we glossed over, like all these running tips we talked about, something we want us to go over a little more uh, specifically, uh, please contact us. You can email us at HyperionAdventuresPodcast at gmail.com. Find us on SoundCloud and Stitcher. You can subscribe to us, iTunes, Google Play Music. Um, we'll come right to your phone or device. And uh, if you have some time when you're on these sites, please give us a review. I mean, and we're not going to try and ask too much of you, but if you can give us a little review, uh, they'll be really appreciated. Believe it, it helps other people like you who kind of like the same things you do uh, find our show. And uh, plus, we just appreciate knowing what you think of our show. Exactly. So. That's it. Again, thank you for listening to the Hyperion Adventures podcast. I'm Tom. I'm Michelle. And we hope you have another magical week.